You're listening to the Lou Stokes Podcast. Real and inspiring conversations with individuals from all over the world, sharing their insights on sustainability, fashion, conscious consumerism, and empowerment. Be inspired to take action and be the change you want to see in the world. Hey, and welcome to the Lou Stokes Podcast. I'm very lucky to have the wonderful Christine Noonan with me today. Christine is from Limerick Island. She's a fashion tech founder. Welcome, Christine. Thank you for joining me today. How are you doing? Thank you so much for having me. I am doing really, really well. Um, I am very, very busy, like I said earlier. And <laughs> however, <laughs> however, I'm actually taking on my stride. So yeah, like I'm really, I feel light today for some reason. I don't know. Oh, I like that. That's really nice. So thank you for taking the time to come on and chat with me. I'm excited to delve in. So why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about you and about your background and um, how you ended up, let's say, in sustainable fashion, fashion technology. Woo, okay. So (laughs) (laughs) Um, a little bit about my... Something really strange actually recently is people keep asking me, I keep being asked about my background and I keep answering this question all the time, but for some reason, every time it's asked, I'm like, like what? Anyway, so um, I, um, as you said, I'm from Limerick, Ireland. Um, My kind of like obsession with fashion started um when i was a teenager like very sort of like young um i used i was a i grew up in foster care um and a huge sort of like i was sort of moved to like the middle of nowhere so like irish village um and i was sort of like the only black child in this like school that was like 360 years old and essentially a lot of my kind of like um schoolmates maybe like grew up together and like they just sort of like already had something like connecting them and um as a young teenager growing up like fashion was sort of like my ease like it was sort of like the way i was able to connect with the world around me like really easy because fashion Mm -hmm. you know like a dress a nice dress is a nice dress like you can all appreciate right so and I remember with my foster sisters, um, they would be getting ready to go out on a night out and they would ask for my opinion, like, you know, what's good and all of that kind of stuff. So very quickly, it was, a, it was sort of like a medium for me to kind of connect with the world around me. Um, and my love for it has very much to do with people and how they wear it and how they express themselves in it. Um, I'm not very interested in you know, like the high end and like, you know, like being, you know, like the next Anna Winter or anything like that. Right, my, yeah. You know, like my association is very much in the everyday, essentially. Yeah. So yeah, that's sort of what was the beginning. And then everything I've kind of done since then has been, how do I get closer to that? And how do I basically go into people's wardrobes? <laughs> oh, have a look at what, what they've got in there. Yeah, that's definitely a fun part. <laughs> definitely enjoy doing that so um yeah so then i went to college and i studied economics and then i founded the fashion society um in university and um i ended up like spending more time you know doing events for the fashion society than actually in class natural entrepreneur from the beginning right <laughs> so i remember specifically there was one paper that was due and um one of my lecturers was actually a very well known sort of like economist in ireland um mm-hmm. in something now i've forgotten but um he he was our lecturer and like it was really tough and we had an exam or a paper that was due and i generally completely forgot about it because i just like organized the biggest fashion show that like we like sold out at, like almost 400 people and oh my all God. my time was taken doing that and i remember i went up to him like i generally cried because he used to he would fail you and like you have to repeat it over again and i was like i'm so sorry like i don't even have an excuse <laughs> 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 I was like, I'm, we had a fashion show. Like, he was like, 
Okay, what? <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I did my best to graduate and I did. And then I went straight working for a fashion company in the US. Um, and um, yeah, then once I did that and, you know, I was very, very intrigued, honestly, by how people kind of express themselves in their clothes, how they buy them. So I was always the go-to person for like customer insights and I would check all those data points and stuff like that. And then I went on to work with Zalando um, as a fashion buyer for them. And I know it comes up for me that, oh, like if you're into sustainability, if you see like, why were you working with like the biggest sort of like one of the biggest kind of like fast fashion kind of pumpers, I guess, in the world, what that one is. Um, but my philosophy has always been to, if you want to change something or make something better, you have to deeply understand it and how it works. Right. Um, Good point. Yeah. So, Good you know, point. working with those fashion brands at Zalando and like buying them and kind of seeing how people were, you know, kind of responding to the products that we were selling them and stuff, that was very crucial into kind of like creating what we're creating now with, with Claire. Um, and yeah. That's basically, that has sort of like been my journey so far, honestly. And so when you were at university, were you concerned about sustainability? Was that something you were really aware of? So actually I did my, um, it's so funny because at the time it wasn't called fashion sustainability. Like, you know, right. it wasn't a thing per se. I'm sure it was for some people, but for me, like it wasn't, you know, it wasn't something I was aware of, but I actually did my um, uh, university, my last thesis or whatever you call it, my paper on um, a fashion rental website okay. um we actually and it was also secondhand so we actually called it student market that it was yeah the student marketplace nice. i could have had it like a more fashion name <laughs> <laughs> but you could call it smart <laughs> yeah it's like that <laughs> no it sounds like some sort of like printing company <laughs> but basically um and we, the idea behind it was, um, I used to see that we used to always have, have these parties and like university balls and stuff. And, you know, often like we would buy something and never really want to wear it again. Or like we would sort of like um, scrum up the last minute to get something for an event. So I figured that for my last project in university and like my final paper like I would do it around creating a business so it was so funny because now I think back at how all the dots are connected I literally did set it up so I set up the actual website set up the business um I went and tried to get a loan from a bank wow. I didn't know what I was going to do with that money but like I did <laughs> and, and I had my some of my friends like they did like photo shoots um for the photos that we would put up went to as many people as I could find who uh, kind of would sell their clothes on the website um nice. and yeah so like I literally like I did that um like way back when and I had no idea like at the time for me it was very much about kind of getting more use out of what you already have and for the people who are giving us the clothes, it was for them to kind of, um, you know, if you're not using something, someone else should use it and then you can get paid for it or get money for it. So getting yeah. value essentially, yeah. Yeah, exchanging, right? Yeah. So that something stays, you know, in in the loop as it yeah. were. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what was, was there a pivotal moment when you decided to leave your court profession job and mm -hmm. go and do your own thing. And we'll talk about Clem in a moment. Mm -hmm. um, so you can explain about that. But was there anything that you specific or was it just like, you know, I need to move on now? I think I always kind of always knew that eventually I would start my own company. And so I actually structured my career very much to prepare me for that. Um, right. So I try to expose myself to opportunities where I would learn and sort of like create this sort of like clear path into, mm -hmm. you know, creating uh, someday, you know, having a company and, and, and uh, uh, bringing value in different ways than, you know, just sort of like being employed. And I was also not a very good employee. Like I was a, like as a high performer. <laughs> and, 
but like I was pretty tough to manage because I always found it very hard to do things for the sake of doing them. Right. And when I was sort of like coming up in my career, like, you know, I remember one time I was like just you know, not just, but like I was a junior, like sort of like customer service agent. And I was working in this environment that was massively, massively wasteful in terms of like time resources, like like everything just needed to be streamlined. And um, I spoke up a couple of times and like my manager, I would say like, she would go home to sleep at night and be like, oh my God, could she just answer the phone and shut up? <laughs> It's <laughs> like, please. <laughs> so when I realized that like, I'm not very good at being um, managed in a system where I feel like I I can't really change much, um, yeah. I sort of like, I was like, okay, that's, you know, so everything we do going forward needs to be, you know, exposing myself to how do I create something of my own someday. And I knew it was never going to be easy. And I knew that, you know, taking this path was going to be, you know, very, very tough. And it has been, but it's mm. also the most fulfilled I've ever been in my life. Weirdly. Right. So, yeah. 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 Doing your own thing and doing something that feels meaningful to you yeah. and that is important to you and has an impact on other people's lives. I think there's nothing more fulfilling than that. Right. Than just like yeah. going to work, doing the same old, same old for a paycheck. It's like, yeah. and obviously it's not easy to break away because we've kind of been brainwashed that that's how oh my God. we're meant to live. Right. And it's like, no, there are other ways. So yeah. you know, congratulations for doing that. And you were obviously, you know, born an entrepreneur because at university you're already, you know, doing <laughs> fashion shows. Honestly, and then you had the idea of the rental. I mean. I always ask myself, like, I have no idea how I survived in the corporate world for as long as I did. Um, mm -hmm. But I think what I what I tried to sort of like do, um, I've, I've always, and like in most of my life, and everything I sort of do, like I'm very, I like to be quite like robust. And I also try to understand why I'm doing what I'm doing and making sure I'm not just following some random, you know, like I'm not just doing something because maybe it feels like good for the sake of it. And like, it's, so everything has to be serving some sort of like a higher purpose. So, yeah. um, and if it's not, then it, better not be bad for my mental health then you know like it has to be connected to some sort of thing and so most of my career like I've met some incredible people and a lot of what I've been like a lot of what I'm doing now feels a little bit easier than it probably would have if I hadn't you know worked my way up to like where I worked my way up to and I also had incredible audacity like I honestly like I from like I was like a junior employee one time in one company and um we <clears throat> we had like these like I was in charge of sort of like the highest spending customers um and so if you spend so much on the website you were entered into this like part of the loyalty program which gave you someone like me to take care of your wardrobe not your oh, okay. purchases and all that kind of stuff yeah, yeah. so and these were people who were spending like millions on the site, right? Wow. So yeah, like my job was to make sure they were always happy. So a lot of them were like this American, because it was an American company. So they were all like this like American business women, just like messaging me on a Saturday, drinking a cocktail, asking me if they should buy the Chanel bag. <laughs> what a big problem. Yeah, and then sometimes being like, oh, you should get the pink one. And I'm like, okay, sure. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Yes, I'll do that. Yeah. Yeah, I'll do that right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But so with so essentially what was happening though that was once a customer came into that part of the royalty program, which is sort of like the top tier, I emailed them and told them about like me and how I can help them, etc. But there was no other way for them to find out about this, right? Um right. so we had a lot of people that never looked at their emails, which meant that the engagement we had was a lot less than we could have had if there was a way they went on the site and they could see that they're part of this program and see the benefits. So I genuinely, I go into um, 
to my manager and I'm like, hey, we need to create this like landing page that's specific to this group of customers. And they were like, I oh, know, <laughs> what, like, what are you talking about? And, you know, the company has bigger things. And I was like, yeah, but like oh. these people spend millions, right? Yeah. Went yes. into the tech. Yeah. I went into the tech um, office, which was a, a bunch of lads and maybe like one girl. And then like, <laughs> I went in there and I had um, a presentation and I showed them about the work I was doing and the customers and run them through like why it's important to get more of them engaging with the program and the tech guys were like whoa like they could not believe this um so they ended up actually yeah in the end we did end up creating they you know they coded the page and the page went up and the company made millions of money i think i was like 23. (laughs) wow look at you that's amazing to just you know speak up and people kind of looking at me being like who do you think you are and then I just I'm always just kind of like I don't know like me like I don't know it doesn't really matter does it like it's just like <laughs> yeah like I'm just showing you an opportunity that you're not seeing yeah yeah yeah, yeah absolutely I love it fantastic yeah. so why don't you tell our listeners a bit Christine about Clem and like so you're at Zalando, you left, and now you're on this, you know, path yeah. as a fashion tech owner, CEO. Yeah. <laughs> CEO, oh my to God. Talk to us about Clem. Yeah. Um, so Clem is an AI that we're building, and she is essentially a wardrobe consultant. Um, and basically similar to, I guess, like Alexa, but for your wardrobe, um, except Clem doesn't you know communicate via voice um it's very much image and text so um the first iteration of what we're doing is called ask clem and um you take a quick photo of something and you say where you want to wear it um and clem kind of like uh creates outfits sort of like to kind of show you what way to wear that and a lot of it is kind of like emulating like typical, you know, if as a wardrobe consultant, someone comes to me and is like, hey, how could I wear this? And then mm-hmm. I can sort of show them, yeah, it's a very sort of like similar pro- uh, uh, process. And essentially what we want to be able to do is that um, with the clothes you already have, Clem can sort of like help you um, recognize like ways of wearing them that probably maybe you haven't. Um, mm-hmm. And essentially in the next iteration, you'll be able to add more images from your wardrobe and then link it to your calendar. And, you know, if you have a meeting coming up, Clem knows. So she, first thing in the morning, she sends you like a quick thing to say, hey, I'll have your outfit together for the day. And then you go and pick one that you want. Um, but the bigger version of it um, is, so initially she's like learning about your style and like what you like and all of that mm. kind of stuff what you already have. And then um, we are, creating that this sort of like ecosystem of services as well. So to make it as easy as possible for you to access any service you want. So if you want like a real life, like wardrobe consultant to come into your wardrobe, um, if you want to repair something, if you want to dry clean something, if you, whatever you want that has to do with clothing, like she becomes a sort of like search engine for like what's the closest and most convenient way, convenient way to do that. Um, and Basically, we're calling it like a fashion super app. Um, so it's like this like big, massive idea. But ultimately, for the customer, it's that you know it's to take away any sort of like headaches or kind of like overthinking or any sort of like kind of like stress that comes with like being a human being that wears clothes. Essentially, it's just like... right. Yeah. No, I love it. I love it because you know when I don't do styling as much now because I'm my you know more into the sustainable fashion education and consulting but occasionally I still do it and when I did do it what most people came to me with was just overwhelm and not knowing how to wear what they've already got and I remember going to their houses and being like wow they had so much stuff and a lot of it was really similar because often they're going out and buying the same kind of similar thing and they can't remember what they've got in their closet and so it's like they get home and like, oh, I've got something similar to that. So you'd see like the same, a very similar kind of black shirt or yeah. top. And you'd be like, you've actually got 10 of these. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then it would just be like, oh, I'm 
got this or I've got this event or this meeting, I need to go and buy something new instead of like using what they already had because it was so disjointed because of the overwhelm and not knowing where to start. I find with personal style, a lot of people, they don't, it doesn't come naturally to them maybe. So it's just like, they don't really know where to start. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, having something like this, I think is going to be incredibly popular because that was one of the main problems yeah. that I would hear. It's like, I don't, I've got all these clothes and I, I feel like I've got nothing to wear. I've got nothing, yeah. And I think in that process as well, when someone is looking at their wardrobe and saying they have nothing to wear, which obviously is never true, right? Um, right. This is when then they're going to go out and buy more because when you see something shiny and new, like it promises you a future that you don't think you already have. Right. But it's so true. Like when you go and buy something new, there is like this kind of, it's like a sugar rush. Yeah. <laughs> right. And then you get home and after a few days, you've kind of forgotten about it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So what we actually want to do with them as well is to kind of like find ways of emulating um, that sort of cost of discovery um, that when you first, you know, see an outfit somewhere, you're like, whoa, right? So we're kind of trying to figure out ways of like gamifying some of the process and kind of like making it feel light. So like Claire isn't really like your, you know, like, I don't know, grandma, like, forcing you to like be better at your blah 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 right like she's not like, kind of like you know if your stylish friend was nice enough to give you her time you know in like organizing your wardrobe and like making these things feel a little bit more palatable for you um that's yeah. sort of like the approach we're kind of taking and you know we're not like uh, pointing at you and be like oh my god like you know stop with the fast fashion like stop blah blah like it's very much you know we want to understand where your weak points are and then for Clem to kind of show up for those times, right? And essentially kind of guide you to have a much more streamlined sort of like process of how you think about these things, you know? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think it's great. And it's funny because I was remembering, I think it was yesterday about that. I've seen this um, statistic in a few different places. I don't know who cited it, but Mm. it says we wear... 20% 20% of 80% of our wardrobe and yeah. it's like what but then I sit and think about it and I think well yeah actually probably like yeah. this winter I'm like wearing or this you know for winter season yeah. I'm only just wearing one coat at the moment yeah. like can I just keep re-wearing it whereas maybe last year I was wearing a different one yeah and I'm like oh I have a lot of stuff and often yeah. we want to buy something new but then we forget that also our clothes are so they kind of go through phases with us as well you know, like you can get tired of something and yeah. because you wear it so much because you yeah. loved it or whatever. And then you put it away. Maybe next year you don't bring it out. But then the following year you bring it out and you're like, oh, yeah, I love this. It's like a new coat again. Yeah. You know, so I, it's kind of like I think we've got into this mentality of like, no, I don't like that anymore. I'm yeah. going to get rid of it. And then I'm going to go and buy something new because I can buy a new coat for 50 euros. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And and I think that is one of the biggest problems with the yeah. fast fashion fast fashion industry. It's, yeah. it's just it's kind of devalued clothing. Yeah. Like clothes should not be like a t shirt should not cost five euros. Like no. it's worth way more than that if you really dissect the supply chain. Yeah. And yeah. you really think about like where it's come from, what it's made of, who made it, how they made it, then the transport, the store, yeah. then the model. Yeah. Then the, you know, it's like when you really sit and think about it, it's like, it can't possibly, yeah. like, it has to be more expensive because someone's yeah. suffering along the way, right? Yeah, yeah. And No, absolutely. Like, I absolutely agree. And I actually remember, even, like, as a fashion buyer, like, the process and, like, the stress, like, I would go through um, – you know, procuring like next season's, you know, items that are going to be sold on the site and the Excel sheets that like I would fill in like manually a lot of the time and this kind of stuff. And, you know, and that entire process like starts from the very beginning when someone designs the item, you know, like uh, they draw it up, make it ETC, like it goes to the factory and now it comes over to you know, the sales associate at the brand having a meeting with me, me picking which ones we're going to sell, then that item being photographed for the website 
And then, you know, um, the engineers who are working on the website to make it um, possible for you to shop it. And then by the time you get to it, so many people have sort of like been involved in like that process that right. the idea that you would buy it and, you know, it gets like a little bit of whatever and you just throw it away. It just sounds, you know, it seems like a little bit, <laughs> a little bit like insane. And I definitely think that it's, it's sort of like a lack of respect for the process of what it takes. And, you know, like a single t-shirt, for example, is like 3,000 something liters of water right. to make, right? So the idea of it just being, you know, whatever it just yeah like does not sit very well with me um yeah no no it's it's we've just kind of been you know brainwashed into this throwaway culture and not just with clothes i think with a lot of yeah. stuff right it's not yeah. just with clothes sometimes even our relationships <laughs> yeah <laughs> like... yeah so it's like oh, i don't like that anymore today i don't like that yeah it's like teen that so Tinder is the she-in of relationships. Oh, that's hilarious, yeah. Oh, that's so true. Swipe, no, I don't like that one. Yeah. It's kind of, yeah, it does sometimes, I when I stop and think about it, I think, wow, how, like, how much progression we've made as human beings and yeah. um, human evolution. But at the same time, it's like we've gone forward, but we've also gone backward in certain ways. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I mostly think it's a lot to do with, I think every time there's like major leaps and bounds in right. how we do things, like there's always like a couple, that moment of going a little bit back because it's kind of like, whoa, like you look how far you've come and you're like, oh my God, I don't know if I'm ready for this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think there's like a little bit of that, but then I also think um, in general, like when it comes to fashion, especially the message hasn't really spread and sunk in very widely yet. Right. So I talk to people and they're like, the entire idea of how fast fashion operates and all of that, like for them, they're like, what? Like they're finding out for the first time. And like, in my brain, I'm like, like, are you what? But like, this is just the process. And that is because everyone is sort of like, you know, we live in this sort of like siloed, you know, we're all kind of siloed into our own lives. And like, there's only so much you can care about all that. Yeah. Which hmm. is yeah. why like, I don't feel upset that people still buy fast fashion or whatever. Like I'm always more than happy to like educate them or whatever, because I understand that there's so much going on all the time. And like, you can't, you know, you can't be doing good with every single aspect of your life. Like, all the time right so yeah absolutely it's like it i think it's the most important thing is awareness yeah and when you do become aware of it and like it's important not to shame mm. people like that are buying fast fashion because most of them don't really know and mm. often they think oh this brand bought out a sustainable line so i feel like i'm doing something good now like you know some of my friends have said that to me and i'm like well mm. <laughs> No, no, no. <laughs> really. But you know, and here's why. And so I'll explain to them, and they're like, "Oh, okay." But you know, if I hadn't have had that conversation, they wouldn't know. So it's like yeah. they think they're doing good. Yeah, yeah. And we're really okay. Yes, but and and like you said, it's like it's not like we can't be perfect. Like no. we, for me, it's all about trying to do the best you can. And you know, maybe that's just like deciding not to buy fast fashion mm -hmm. or certain brands or mm -hmm. and you know going and looking at secondhand apps mm -hmm. or you know for purchasing or thrifting or vintage yeah and I get it takes more work in a way especially yeah. if you know like we said personal you know our style doesn't always come naturally to everyone yeah um but it's like it is a journey and I, yeah. I always try to help people to understand it's not like you have to go and throw away all your wardrobe because yeah. you've got h&m zara and and yeah. Shein and you know yeah. those brands that no it's like wear what you have first if yeah. you're going to buy something new think about it 
yeah. like choose alternatives, go to a sustainable brand, spend less money on fast fashion and buy one thing in a sustainable brand and yeah. some secondhand, you know. But again, it's a mindset shift, isn't it? Absolutely, a mindset shift. I actually also think um, there is also something to be said um, for the creative direction of a lot of like secondhand apps and like uh, websites and all that kind of stuff because oh my god they're all gonna come for me but honestly like I feel like um, a lot of the time when I see some sort of like ad for like some secondhand website or whatever the images and like just like the entire kind of uh, user experience just looks very very clunky it yeah. always reminds me of um you know going into a charity shop and everything is all over the place and it's all like it's all all over the place and it looks quite ugly and like I have to mentally be prepared to like dive in and like find what I'm looking for right and, and rummage hmm. and rummage right which I've done that and but like I have to be generally that this is what I want to do for that day. And it's like a fun thing for me to do and discover all these things. And yeah. I think um, if I want to generally shop secondhand properly, especially online, I need to have a very similar experience to how I would buy new, right? So maybe right. that doesn't mean that, you know, they put this on, on them on models and stuff that would defeat the purpose. It could just be that uh, maybe they try to retain the original images for some of these things and then set, show like the, you know, the real image in real time, like on the second thing. Maybe the product discovery is a little bit easier and like the navigation is yeah. a little bit easier. I always almost like find these websites like they're treating it like as if, um, oh my God, this is... <laughs> gonna come for me but like <laughs> they try to treat the pro like they don't take it very very seriously like and, and it's almost kind of like oh like we have all of these clothes and like you know people should just come and find them and blah 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 and like there isn't this trying to understand how a customer typically is trying to make these decisions um there's something in when you're creating a new product um and it's Essentially, like if you're creating something that's new, you typically have to make it feel very similar to something that people already kind of like use because otherwise you're trying to also educate them. So you're not just you're not just trying to give them this you know new product. You're also right. trying to like get their minds to figure out how like whatever way your site works or whatever it is. And I think this is such an issue. Like I think which is why. Um, you know, the likes of like Zalando, for example, like having, um, they have like a secondhand platform now and stuff. And for me, you know, I, you know, I left Zalando for different reasons and etc. etc. But like, it's, for me, it's a much better experience, like buying secondhand on Zalando because they generally treat it very much like the, the newer stuff, right? It's a very similar experience. Yeah, it's important, actually, you're right, because often people can get really, oh, again, overwhelmed looking mm. at online for secondhand, because they're like, well, you know, often the picture, especially the apps where it's just yeah. like peer to peer kind of selling, yeah. and people just put any kind of photo, and yeah. they're like, you look at it, and you're like, if you know, yeah, then yeah you're like okay well in that light or whatever it doesn't look that great but yeah. whatever you know or you know that brand or whatever but if you're just like you know looking often like you said the the, the images can just just you know not be appeasing or attractive just... you're like doesn't look very nice yeah. like that yeah. yes absolutely i do think there's definitely room for development on that no. and like you said why shouldn't consumers or customers be treated the same even if they're buying secondhand yeah. they should be getting the same experience like on yeah. Zalando so yeah yeah interesting point I actually I actually had an idea before because for whatever reason I'm a house of ideas but I had an idea before about um, for fashion, especially for uh, sort of like rental peer-to-peer -peer and also kind of like buying secondhand, where mm -hmm. we would start with the, so instead of you going on a website and having to filter out what could suit you, it could basically be that 
we find different people who are similar to your body shape and your body type and maybe yeah. style, whatever. And then you kind of create this community where that like you kind of like shop like Enjoy based it. on yeah yeah, yeah. So, like yeah. this is like sort Quite of like little subcultures yeah. um for different brands and stuff and we're probably going to do something like this on glam at some point um where like wardrobes or like body shapes or types and likes like similar to yours you kind of can access this because wardrobes and perhaps you know they can rent stuff out to you or like maybe you can like mm. buy stuff from them and stuff like that but okay like, really because it's especially for women, like, I feel like um, people almost always want to know people who kind of, like, look like them or have a similar build, like, what do you wear that you feel really good in, right? Right, yeah. And, yeah. and when... So I guess as well, it, it's really helpful for someone that's like, you know, maybe feels a bit more shy with their personal yeah. style, but they look at someone else and they're like, I love that. And they feel yeah. like they identify with that person. And yeah. yeah, yeah, interesting that I think that's a great idea. Like yeah. creating these subcultures, like communities of people. Yeah. 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 And honestly, fun too. Yeah. Yeah. I honestly, like I, I, I thought about it and then I was like, every time now I have like some sort of like fashion idea, I'm like, Claire will do <laughs> <laughs> Clem's just gonna be the place to go. <laughs> just, I keep imagining like if Clem were a person, you know, like if you're like you're here, you're in a meeting with your boss, and like some the client says something, and your boss is like, "Oh, she'll like you know she'll take care yeah. of it," and you're like, "What? Like I don't have what?" <laughs> I feel like this is how Clem, wherever she is, every time I'm like, yeah, we're going to be able to do this on Clem. She's like, no, we're not. <laughs> She's probably thinking, what? Another thing? Oh, God. <laughs> I love it. Clem, it does feel like she's a person. Yeah. yeah. It's Very actually funny. been interesting because um, we... I, I kind of like liked the idea of her, of course, like she's a computer and all of that, but I'm also very aware of people being afraid of like AI and how, you know, this kind of like plays out in the future. You know, some Black Mirror episode essentially playing <laughs> <laughs> out. And, and I'm very, very aware of this fear because I also sometimes like when I look at AI developments, I'm like, this is really, really cool, but I'm also kind of like, this back of my head, I'm just like imagining some random like robot, like oh, yeah. you know, coming into my house, knocking. Yeah. <laughs> it is a little bit freaky as well. Yeah, it's like, it blows your mind and then you're like, ooh, actually, yeah. I mean, it's incredible. <laughs> a little bit too smart, like, I don't know. <laughs> but, so we're trying to um, figure out, obviously, even in our, um, as the guys, uh, I don't code at all, like my team does, and we're kind of trying to be as ethical about the whole process as, as, as possible and making sure she's rewarded for good behavior and good behavior is basically like staying in line with what she's being asked to do. Because right, right now she's very much, it's like a rules-based thing, right? So we say this and this code, this and this ETC, and then as time goes on, she'll be able to make these predictions herself. Um, and the idea is that we constantly make sure she's, you know, once she does something that's yes, like we make sure to keep rewarding and this, that's how we make sure that she doesn't go off and like, I don't know, do something random. Like come and steal your husband. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> come like seduce your husband on his phone. Like, I don't know. <laughs> but basically we're very careful in creating parameters that make it impossible for her to imagine anything else, you know, needing to partake in any other kind of like activity other than just organizing wardrobes. Right, <laughs> yeah, I've got you, yeah. I'm yeah. sorry, this is all you're here to do. <laughs> so how exciting, it's really exciting. So Christine, mm. how do you envision the future of fashion? Ooh. So, um, I think that, um, I think it's definitely going to become a little bit more streamlined for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, I imagine that, um, a lot of what comes with needing to be creative in your fashion and expression, I think as much as I hate saying this word out loud, but the metaverse is is probably is probably going to play a huge part into yeah. 
the fact that you can go and express yourself there in a way that doesn't need you to like have a bunch of things produced just so you can wear something once and forget about it. Um, so I have whatever I, reservations about the metaverse in general, but I really do think fashion wise, like this is going to be a very important thing. And then that will mean that, um, your our sort of like what we actually wear physically and stuff there's probably going to be like a little bit less um kind of like pressure perhaps to you know but i don't know like it, it's very it's right now because there's so much happening in tech and yeah. i feel like the people who are building fashion for the metaverse and stuff i don't know how many of them are actually checking with real everyday customers yeah see how this is translating for them um i i don't know how much of the metaverse is like outside of gamers and just people who think it's really cool and investors right so yeah because i think this is very important to kind of know for the everyday person how this is going to translate um right absolutely and, yeah. yeah but i think it'll be it, it could be good if it if 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 um, we listen and kind of try to understand how it fits and sits in everyday people's lives. Um, but I think, so for example, for Clem, we're building like the end goal of Clem. Um, so 10, 15 years from now will be that Clem could be like a smart wardrobe, a smart closet, literally physically in your house. And she would be, you know, basically helping you in your house in like real time. Um, she could be in a changing room, like when you go to try something on and stuff that like you're able, whatever is in the store is able to communicate directly with what you have, you know, in your claim wardrobe. Um, so, right. you know, and things that we've, you know, we cannot do ourselves. Yeah. Sort of like, yeah. Would that be like through some form of blockchain or something that you could do that? Or it's like A&I? Yeah, so like a little bit, like a little bit of both, um, essentially. So we want to, there's like a lot of talk about digitization of like fashion products. And there's already kind of like companies coming out and doing this. And essentially these fashion brands are now putting, um, images on, you know, of their items onto like sort of the blockchain and also kind of like yeah. putting them in these libraries, um, that, for example, if you bought something from Zara, like, I don't know, like, seven years ago like if you were to try to scan the QR code on that item like it wouldn't take you anywhere because usually like right now for example like a QR code on your Zara item if you scan it it takes you to the Zara's website of that item right so you can see the image there but oh, once yeah. yeah once it's wiped and like Zara isn't sending that item anymore it doesn't send you anywhere but what's being done now is databases are being created where those items will live forever right yeah meaning that every single physical item in our world will have a digital version of it like a digital yeah. twin they're calling a it passport a passport yeah. exactly and I think the the applications for that are like insane you know like what we can do with that right so yeah. it's a really like i think it's a very exciting time and i'm trying to be very open about how the future is going to look and i have some ideas of where i'd like them to go but at the same time i'm very down here in terms of making sure things make sense for the end customer right yeah. and the way we are innovating with Clem is we ask people and we say, Hey, like what it's essentially like if you had an assistant and you know, she gets better based on the request that you make from her. Right. So we're not just innovating a bunch of stuff and hoping people use them. The entire process is done that like people can request things of Clem and then mm -hmm. as these requests come through, she gets smarter and her features kind of get, you know, um, Kind of better essentially so yeah amazing. very customer centric <laughs> which is fantastic because it's about solving problems for customers yeah yeah it's exciting and who knows what you know like you said like tech is moving fast and there's so much going on and it's really exciting time so who knows what you know what's going to be around in 10 years time right what kind of innovations yeah would have take place or 
yeah so it's, I think it's exciting. definitely um but i also think that it's going to become so personalized as in mm. i think what we have now like where you go on a website and zalando tells you oh like we recommend this for you or whatever and you're like i've never been here before how do you know what i want <laughs> <laughs> yeah what are you listening <laughs> <laughs> but i think um with there was a time where they weren't even able to do that right where they just had like a catalog that helped people buy and then right. there was a period there like i think it was about seven years ago whatever when buying instead of shopping was the thing so personalization is like a huge thing in fashion and now i think it's we're moving into this place of like hyper personalization where what i have in my closet needs to you need to kind of figure out or know how that would go with what you're trying to sell me and being able to tap mm. into that like it's super important to make me kind of like more kind of like sustainable in how like I kind of buy and stuff so like I don't buy things that like clearly will not go what I have right yeah it's like I feel like there's like this educating consumers and helping them make the best decisions for planet and the people yes for all yeah it's like for for the higher good yeah not just yeah. the brand going pay me money for that blank yeah. Brand. yeah yeah like that time was yeah, that's gone now. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's gone. Like, it's gone. It's like working together, like more community orientated than like just give give to me and I'm yeah. gonna keep chugging out more and more um yeah. items and people are just gonna keep buying and buying. No, it's like yeah. no, let's actually do something together yeah. for a higher purpose. Yeah, yeah no, that time is definitely going like there's definitely like a shift happening and like it's so funny because when it comes you know we've spoken to investors who've wanted um to invest in them and stuff and um the way they think about these things are very much you know i do not want to be um offend anyone but it, they're very kind of <laughs> like i'll tell them about what we're trying to do and they're very much like oh like that's not gonna work or like that's not gonna like they want to sort of like invest in kind of like the old way of how things are now which is so interesting because it's like you know if you're investing into a new company you're investing into innovation and change um but i think fashion and how it works has is very hard for a lot of people to kind of like grasp if right. they're not in the industry and if they're not sort of like in the know of how these things kind of work right so we definitely found that really hard um speak because investors kind of wanted to treat it like as if it's like, like any other you know like it's like any other sort of like product or whatever which is absolutely not true you, yeah. your fashion is a very personal thing and you're telling people that you want to go into their wardrobes and help them with you know like there's a lot of like kind of connotations around this mm -hmm. you have to be very mm -hmm. careful with how you approach it so we got off the investor train um and we were like okay we're not going to take an investment from anyone right now um we want to take our time in building something very useful for customers so that by the time we get outside investors like they're investing in something that already exists that customers actually love right um so that's yeah that kind of really freed me because now i feel like i can literally we can do whatever it is that will make sense for the people without worrying about getting someone back there you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and not worrying about someone understanding it or not understanding no, yeah God, exactly. it's so frustrating some of these meetings like there'll be investors like one investor told me they were like no one cares about what they wear and i was like oh really cool oh, wow. <laughs> i think a lot of people do like <laughs> A lot, yeah. Really, the frustration, yeah, the frustration that comes with that. And when I first started, I was in this mindset of like, oh my god, like investors, like we need investors to like validate and all of that. And then I realized, I'm sorry, like I don't need people who don't understand what we're trying to do validating what we're doing. It doesn't make any yeah. sense, right? Yeah. <laughs> now we are more kind of like customer focused and like looking, seeking that validation more. Which interestingly mm. has meant that more investors are contacting us. Wow, that's amazing. But I guess it's when you focus on what you're really passionate about and what you feel is true in your heart. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like you're being true to you and what you know and feel is right. And so yeah. it's like, yeah, it's um, the best yeah. way because at the end of the day, you have to do what 
you know how to do best as well right yeah and I think also it allows you, it sort of like opens you up to the right partners and like the people exactly. who really believe in what it is you're trying to do, right? And, yeah. I, and this thing, like it goes for everything in life. It goes even for relationships. I don't know why I keep talk, mentioning relationships. I'm happy <laughs> married. But, <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, like life is constantly about finding the things that like kind of go with whatever energy it is that you you're yeah. trying to go into you know and you wow. don't post things and mm. I've oh my god since I turned 30 like this year like I'm so happy within myself and like you know these realizations coming to me and how like there's nothing like I never force anything and if things happen amazing yeah. you know if they don't happen like I don't freak out I'm like there's probably some sort of like reason or maybe there's no reason and that's also okay you know like it's, yeah 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 it's, you're just flowing yeah you're in the flow yeah oh i oh my god like right. i love it and you know there's like a part of it that's always like is something bad gonna happen like you know it should be it feels weird for me to be this content within myself mm. and so you know because my childhood obviously was pretty tough so like i'm constantly just not as much anymore but there was a time i would constantly be like waiting for someone to like knock on the door and be like okay you've been happy for too long like pack it up <laughs> yeah. yeah or like not really sometimes yeah when you're in this state of flow and then you're like oh i thought this was meant to be hard yeah like, and it's just because we've been programmed to you know to believe that we have to work really hard and things right. have to be really yeah. hard but they yeah. why do they why yeah. why can't they just flow why can't we just be open to and yeah. kind of yeah understand that things do happen for a reason and yeah. yeah not necessarily always good but then there's always kind of a silver lining yeah yeah yeah, yeah. this is honestly my entire year this year like this is how it's all kind of like uh been and there's also something to be said for showing up as yourself um yeah. constantly and having that courage and this is something i honestly didn't have for a really long time and people some people who know me would be like oh what like you were always blah blah and I'm like I actually like struggled for a very long time to show up as myself um because like I told you like I was in like the school where I was like the only black kid generally like, the only black kid in the village as well and there's a lot of like assimilation and wanting to be what the people around me would expect that essentially like i create this other sort of like alter ego that showed up um right. some of these mm. events and stuff um and a lot of work went into figuring out that um like who i actually really am and yeah. you know going back to those basics and then not being afraid for her to show up into the world and and so much has kind of like gone into motion since that happened just you know like i'm very much like you take it or leave it like and it's and it's okay you know yes so, yeah absolutely yeah exciting times for you christine it's very <laughs> so just to wrap up yeah we could talk for hours yes. <laughs> when is clem due like the first phase or you know what are the timings just for you know i'm sure our listeners are going to be eager to get this. I know I will be, or yeah. I am. Rather. Yeah. So actually right now we have like a focus group um, of users. So like you can go on our website, www.clem.app, so K-L-E-M, um, and you can actually join the waitlist. Um, and then within the waitlist, we've created some sort of like a focus group um, mm -hmm. of we are calling them almost like co-creators who are working with us like nice. closely, like every, I think it's like about 30 minutes per month um, and kind of like testing um, whatever iteration we have out of the, at that time. And we're hoping that all of this sort of like by January next year, like we'll be out of this phase and hopefully by February or March, like Clem will be like the first version, Ask Clem, we're calling it, will be on the, on the app store uh, android and, um, and apple for everyone to sort of like enjoy and then and then it feels it almost feels like oh and then everything is over it's like no like then like it's like it's constant you know it's just like yeah. yeah but yeah hopefully uh february or march of next year like will be yeah available for all exciting 
Very exciting time. So apart from obviously on um, the Clem website, where can people find you online if they want to connect? Yeah, so I'm on Instagram. Um, so just my name. Um, and it's Christine and then a dot and then a dash. No, and then you can tell like my combination was taken by like a hundred people. <laughs> I was trying to make it right. You can put it in the show notes, don't worry. Yeah. All your details in the show notes. But so you're on Instagram. So I'm on Instagram and I'm on LinkedIn quite a bit. Like on Instagram, actually like I share a lot of my process on Instagram and nice. it's very if you really would like to stalk me and potentially get information to cancel me with later like it's like <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna stalk you it's like the best place <laughs> because ever since I found myself right for some random reason I'm obsessed with sharing this new me I'm just like oh nice. look and now I'm breaking it Green smoothie, like what? <laughs> <laughs> so Instagram, LinkedIn. Yeah, that's it. Okay. I was gonna say Snapchat, but that's not true. It's <laughs> 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 on Snap. <laughs> yeah, God, I think that's kind of not so popular now, is it? <laughs> no, I feel like yeah, Gen I've never Z. Been on it. Yeah, like Gen Z is like here Snap, I'm like what? <laughs> No, it's TikTok. TikTok now. TikTok. Oh my god. I'm, are you on TikTok? Yeah. Only this summer I started playing around with it. You do that. Like yeah, I, I was like, I'm gonna get really distracted. So I've got it like hidden in my phone so I don't see the application. So I'm not always looking on it. Because I do find these things really distracting. So I have to like TikTok. put my phone on focus and stuff so it doesn't show me the app, you know, all that kind of thing that amazing Apple does. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I don't go on TikTok much because I'm not used to doing it. It's not a habit of mine, but it's kind of cool. I get why a lot of people are on it. Um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm like 42 now, so maybe it's not like so my generation, but yeah. I don't know. It's fun. I just look at it and see it as more fun. And what I do notice about TikTok, which I kind of feel is different about Instagram, is that it's not so curated aesthetically. True. But like it's a lot more like people are just coming on random. They're yeah. not really thinking about it. I know Instagram is a bit more like that, but yeah. Yeah. it is still a little bit more curated. But yeah. Yeah. There's lots of different social apps. So I try to minimize a little bit my time to be Yeah. I try to like do TikTok. Um and then I think I'm a very easily distractible person. Um, so I was like, okay, this is not going to happen. One, I cannot dance to save my life. And um, two, I don't have any other talent. Like, I feel like I feel like TikTok is for like, every time I'm on it and I see like super popular videos, a lot of the times like someone like weirdly talented at something very strange that you're like, right? Yeah. right? And mm. I feel honestly like outside of my work, like, I generally feel like the least talented person I know in terms of like, I cannot sing, although I know we're wrapping up. I tried to sing when I was in school, let me tell you. So when I was in that school, I was telling you about the secondary school, right? Um, yeah. I joined the school choir and for some reason, I don't know if it was a diversity thing, for some reason, like they give me lead on songs. So like I would like be the lead singer, right? Nice. So I grew up already believing I could sing really well. <laughs> and, then, and then I meet my husband, right? And a couple of years in, we were driving on a road trip and I was singing away, whatever. And then he just goes to me, you know what I found really cute about you? And I was like, oh, like what? And he was like, the way you cannot sing, but you sing anyway. And you were like, what? I thought I could sing. I thought I was brilliant at it. <laughs> Because you were so into it and having so much fun who's gonna tell you you can't sing no, honestly i think that's what's beautiful about when someone's really enjoying something oh god now like, <laughs> i was like imagining all the teenage movies right where like this one girl is like ah, and you're like what, what are you doing <laughs> that was me and my husband saved me from it he generally thought i knew like he he was like you know, it's, it's a cute quirk, you know? I was like, no, it's 
it's not. <laughs> <laughs> amazing. Thank you so much, Christine. It's been amazing. It's been great having you on. Yeah. Thank you to all our listeners for hanging out with us today and having a listen. Watch out for Clem. It will be out soon. And join the waiting list if you're interested also as well for updates. And um, yeah, Christine, lovely to chat again. And I'll speak to you again soon. Soon. You can stop me on Instagram. Yeah, I'm going to. I'm going to do that now. (laughs) (laughs) Ciao. Bye-bye. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please subscribe to the Lou Stokes podcast. Rate and review in the Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're tuning in from. I'd be so grateful. Also, check out the show notes to learn more about my guests and learn more about me on my website, www.loustokes.com. Until next time, be inspired, take action, and be the change you want to see in the world.